0: All right. Art's got another toy here. He's going to crank up in just a minute. So we'll we'll see see how all this works. <laughs> Chapter twelve. Let's start looking at verse um, at verse twenty nine. Now it came about at midnight. That the Lord struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon and all the firstborn cattle. Pharaoh rose in the middle of the night and all his servants and all the Egyptians and there was a great cry in Egypt for there was no home where there was not someone dead. Then he called for Moses and Aaron at night and said, Rise up and get out from among my people, both you and the sons of Israel, and go worship uh, the Lord as you have said. Take both your flocks and your herds, as you have said, and go and bless me also. Verse 33, And the Egyptians urged the people to send them out of the land in haste, for they said, We will all be dead. So the people took their dough before it was leavened with their kneading bowls bound up in the clothes on their shoulders. Now some of the, well, let me stop right there. I had a certain amount of trouble with this, (laughs) this, this, uh, uh, the rest of this chapter because it's, uh, Moses wrote it down and I believe it just like it is. And yet, when we're so accustomed to when we open a book, we read it in, in what has happened or what has happened or what has happened. Sometimes we have a flashback, but they tell us that that's what that is. Uh, yeah, Velt and I and Joshua now, and, and we're about to finish it, but, but uh, Joshua just goes on in a, in a narrative. Uh, what we have here in this part is is paragraphs and they don't necessarily connect Uh, the information is great and and uh, what we have but there's it's not like you were reading a book so you need to understand that what we're talking about is in snatches you understand where I'm talking about here we're, we're seeing just little paragraphs as we go through here and so <clears throat> uh, the Egyptians urged them to leave the land so we know the firstborn we've talked about the Passover when I see the blood um, he'll pass over and so he makes a statement here that that their dough was unleavened and was in kneading bowls and bound up in their clothes and then we get to verse 35 and we're in totally something different. And and he says, now the sons of Israel had done according to the word of God. Now, go back to chapter uh, chapter 3 and we can see what that is, chapter 3, verses 21 and 22. and this is the Lord, as Art has mentioned before, we have conversations between the Lord and Moses. We have conversations between Moses to Pharaoh and to the Israelites. So this is the Lord talking to, Mo, to, to Moses in chapter 3, verse 21. I will grant uh, this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and I will be with you as you go, and you will not go empty-handed. But every one woman shall ask of her neighbor and the woman who lives in her house articles of silver and articles of gold and clothing, and you will put them on your sons and your daughters, thus you will plunder the Egyptians. So back to verse 35 in chapter 12. He says, Now the sons of Israel had done as Moses had said, and as he had said in chapter 3. For they had requested from the Egyptians articles of silver and articles of gold and clothing. And the Lord had given them favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so they let them have their request. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. So we're saying he said it to Moses, and now they did it, and Moses is saying this is what happened. Now in verse 37, we change completely uh, from from that narrative and what he's talking about that. And he says, Now the sons of Israel journeyed from Ram, or Ramus, Ramus to Succoth, about 600,000 men on foot, aside from children. A mixed multitude also went up with, with them, along with the flocks and herds and a very large number of livestock. <clears throat> and... Uh, well, let's stop right there. 600,000 men aside from children. Now, hold your finger there and go to Numbers Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. And go to the first chapter of Numbers. <clears throat> Everybody with me? Numbers chapter 1. All right. Then the Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai in the tent of meeting on the first of the second month in the second year after they had come out of the land. So this is t- two years later uh, that he's talking about here, but I'm getting to something. Take a census of all the congregation of the sons of Israel and their family by their father's household according to the number of names. Every male, head by head, from 20 years old and upward, whoever is able to go out to war in Israel, And, and you and Aaron shall number their armies. So they did, and he's got it all listed out here. Turn to verses 44 and 45, 46 of Numbers 1, 44. These are the ones that were numbered whom Moses and Aaron numbered with each of the leaders of Israel, 12 men, each of whom was his father's household. All, so all their numbered men and the sons of Israel and their father's household from 20 years old and upward, whoever was able to go out to war. Even all the numbered men were 603,550. And that's repeated several times in Scripture. That number, six hundred and three thousand five hundred and fifty. I I don't know if it's an engineer in me or or what, but it's always been a fascinating to me about how many people there were. Now we're we're we we get sometimes we get programmed by stuff that's not necessarily true. Yeah, <laughs> you you with me? Uh, we have talked about uh, Cecil B. DeMille's uh, movie, The Exodus, and and you see that, and and there's a group of people that are leaving. Uh, I keep coming back to these posters that I had when I was in uh, primary in Sunday school, or or in that age group, and they had these posters, y'all may not know what i'm talking about but maybe you do and and they show some people we don't know how many people and i'll quickly say that down here at the bottom my disclaimer other than scripture all of this is my own assumptions (laughs) so take it take it for what it's worth here but we have we have six hundred and three thousand five hundred and fifty people and and according to to verse seven he says on foot aside from children well we can't get children with we don't have some wives so i've just drawn out of the air and you'll see what my assumptions are here uh i say a family uh, a family of five plus livestock and aliens. Okay, so how, many, how, how much land is all this? Because they're camping from place to pay, place. I brought my laser uh, measuring tool in here this morning. Mike wanted to know what I was doing. But anyway, between those posts is 15 feet. And from about where Will's sitting back to the back, the back to the back back wall there is about 23 feet. So just to give you a reference, I said, I said there's, there's about, that's the area for one family. Well, that's not what one family needs, but according to Google, it takes 200 square feet for a goat. Uh, so <laughs> if it's two goats, it's 400 square feet. So I don't know how many, how much livestock these folks had, but we know, <laughs> as we get a little bit later in, they were sacrificing right and left. They, they had to have a large groups. What I'm trying to tell you is that when people moving from place to place, it was a host of people. You with me? In there, and uh, I went through my math of. Several times because I said somebody in this room's gonna catch me in the arrow. But anyway, <laughs> the largest tribe was seventy-four thousand six hundred. The smallest tribe was Manasseh at thirty-two thousand two hundred. And so, if you if you put all that together, and and um, and you give them this um, this magic number I've come up with was uh, twenty-four by twenty-four. Which is 576 square feet, that comes out to be almost 8,000 acres, 7980 acres. Well, how much is that in square miles? And it comes out to be about 12, 12.5 square miles. Well, I went to Google again, and around where we live, the closest I could get to was Matthews. North Carolina which is a 14.2 square miles so that's about if you just moved if you move Matthews every time they move that 12 and a half square miles of people it's it was it was it was it was was a lot and and you had water and manna and all these kind of things to deal with Um, I'll let you think about that a minute, but anyway, uh, it it was tremendous. Well, up at the top, I have just made another assumption, 603,515 times five, and I said a man and his wife and his two children and an alien, and we'll talk about the alien in just a minute. So that's, that's five people, and you divide that out, and that's three million folks. Now, most Bible scholars say, you know, or the ones that I've read, you might have some notes in your Bible, but it's from two to two and a half million people that they were moving. So, so this is a great group of people here, and, and we, we forget that sometimes, you know. We think, well, they're just moving. They're moving a city every time they move. It's just tremendous what they have here. So, uh, verse 38 of, of um, chapter 12, a mixed mul- excuse me, yeah, 600,000 men aside from children and a mixed multitude went up with them along with livestock and herds and a very large number of livestock. Now, hold your finger there again and go back to Numbers chapter 11 and, and we'll see... We'll see about this mixed multitude. Numbers chapter 11, verses 4 through 6. Okay. The rabble, verse 4. Does your Bible have something besides rabble? What does it say? rabble, everybody has rabble the rabble who were among them had greedy desires and also the sons of Israel wept again and said who will give us meat to eat and you remember the thing here we remember the fish we had and the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and garlic but now our appetite is gone except for this manna rabble can anybody define rabble for me? Because I couldn't. Anybody? That's it. It was a disorderly crowd, a mob. He, he met a rabble of noisy, <coughs> angry youths. Mob, crowd, thong, a gang, swarm, host, horde, pack. Press, crush, ram, gathering, assemblage, multitude, mass, body, group—you get the idea. It was a lot of—it was a lot of people, and they were the ones that 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 <laughs> caused a lot of the trouble. They weren't a Jew, uh, according to Scripture. Here, they were a mixed multitude, and they went up with them, and that's part of the problem, you know. Uh, God told, well, he didn't, he didn't say don't take them, but he didn't say take them. That's like when Abraham, when God told Abraham to get up and go to a country, he would tell him, he didn't tell him to take his nephew Lot, and Lot gave him some problems down the road. It's, it's you know, we, we ought, when we don't obey, you know, what the Lord has told us, we get in trouble. Um, Sarah and Hagar and all of that uh, mess we are still fighting today but anyway um, uh, this is what this this scripture says okay so uh, now he picks up in verse 39 again with the dough they baked the dough which they brought out of Egypt into cakes of unleavened bread for it was, had not become leavened since they were driven out of Egypt and could not delay, nor had they prepared any provisions for themselves. So he's saying that when they left, all this multitude of people, they left with their balls of dough and their bowls wrapped up in their clothes that hadn't been, that was, had yeast hadn't been applied, it was just unleavened bread. And we had talked about the Feast of Unleavened leavened bread earlier in the month as a parenthesis, you know to do it for a week and we have done that as we uh, or the Jews have done that through the years we talked about the Seder last week and about how we've come a long way from what we have today but we understand uh, how it is okay that takes us to chapter uh, verse 40 now the time of the sons of Israel lived in Egypt was 430 years. And at the end of 430 years, to the very day, all the host of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. So here you go again. We have this little clip. Uh, this little... It, <laughs> it, we're a long way from talking about the 600,000 men and all of a sudden we're talking about the time that they spent and we know that that's true. Now hold your hand there again, and let's go to Genesis 15. Uh, and that should ring a bell to you because Genesis 15 is one of those scriptures that I that, uh, did get it up there. You, you've got it behind me, have't you? Okay, so all right, <clears throat> um, Genesis 15, let's look at verse 13 here. And God said to Abram, well he well let me back up a little bit. Um, he he says um he didn't have an heir as he he said and he's he was uh he says I have a servant, he says let that be my heir. And in verse 4 he says this man will not be your heir, but the one who will come forth from your own body will be your heir. And he took him outside, showed him the sky, and he says Uh, uh, as this uh, your descendants will be verse 6 is a very pivotal verse in scripture and he believed in the Lord and it was reckoned to him credited to him as righteousness and uh, he says I'm going to take you to the land of uh, and give you a land to possess it in verse 7 now in verse 13 the God said to Abraham know for certain your descendants will be strangers in the land that is not theirs and they will be enslaved and oppressed 400 years but I will also judge the nation whom they will serve and afterward they will come out with many possessions so this is this is early I mean God's just now talking to Abram he has no heir yet and and we know Isaac's coming. We know Jacob's coming. We know they stayed down there. According to this scripture, verse 41, they stayed 430 years to the very day, which was a fulfillment of scripture that God told Abraham back in Genesis. It 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 shouldn't amaze me, but it does every time I come across something like this that how faithful our lord is and and it's and it's he takes his time i call it a McDonald's syndrome but it's one of those things i want breakfast in five minutes when i pull up there you know i don't i don't want it in 10 minutes i want it as soon as i get up there and it and it affects everything we do you know we we don't have a lot of patience when we go to a sit-down restaurant if we're not served fairly quick if we're not tended to f- fairly quick you know well I'll just soon leave am I the only one <laughs> but anyway it's 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 we we want everything in a hurry God doesn't get in a hurry He doesn't get in a hurry He told us in Peter He says He says It's not like some people. He says a day with the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day. He promised Abraham that he would be as the sands of the sea. And when you're talking about a nation of of three thousand people or two and two and a half million people, excuse me, coming out of Egypt, that's a great people. He promised it to him and 430 years later it happened just like he said it was going to happen we've talked about this before he told Abraham, Isaac and Jacob I'll give you some land I'll give you some land and that's what this is all about but God is very carefully very definitely bringing them to his own place and establishing them not only in the land but as a faith as a lifestyle as a group of people as a nation who, who, who loved him but fussed, as John said and and that was a common theme when Moses was leading them out we are not to exodus 19 yet we've got a few more chapters where where god says to these people he says if you'll obey me you'll be my special people and they said we will and from that point on to this very day god's has his hand on israel you see all the news papers and all everything that's going on today and you know, anyway, you can read the news in five minutes or listen to 15 minutes on TV and you're through for the day because it's going to be the same thing. But anyway, Israel is God's people. It will be and it is. Okay, so verse 41, verse 42 of chapter 12 of Exodus. It is a night to be observed for the Lord Having brought out of the land of Egypt This night is for the Lord To be observed from generations uh, For the sons of Israel Throughout their generations One more time God is, is saying the Passover Is to be observed From generation to generation Then, then in verse 43 He's changing again and, and we've got a different thought And another little snippet here The Lord said to Mo- Moses This is the ordinance of the Passover No foreigner is to eat it This is for my people This is for the for Jews He says but every man Slave purchased with money After you have circumcised him Then he may eat it And he goes on The rest of this particular little verse To back To verse 49 Says Only the Jews can eat it But if you've hired somebody Or if you bought them as a slave Or if you brought them into your household If you've circumcised them You can eat uh, the meal Uh, Anyway I'll leave that at that Verse 50 We're changing again He says Then all the sons of Israel did Just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron on that very same day the Lord brought uh, the sons of Israel out of the land of Egypt by their host okay now that takes us to chapter 13 then he's the first two verses of chapter 13 he's changing horses again then the Lord spoke to Moses Sanctify to me every firstborn The first offspring of every womb Among the sons of Israel Both men and beasts It belongs to me Now we're going to pick that back up Down in verse 11 But he's changing horses here At verse 3 And Moses said to the people Remember this this day In which you went out of Egypt from the house of slavery For by a powerful Hand the Lord brought you out from this Place and nothing Living shall be eaten On this day the month Of Abib you are About to go forth Now Last Week I started over here at chapter 12 verse 2 and it says the first month of the year to you. And I gave you all of this, which, and I told you that yesterday was the first of Nisan. And I said it was a five thousand seven hundred and seventy time seventy-nine year of the Jewish calendar now here he's talking about in verse 13 he said go out on the month of Abib you shall go forth well have I lied to you? does anybody have anything else written in just verse 4 other than the word Abib? anybody have anything? well this bugged me and I found it last week but I decided not to spring it on you to the day Uh, the first month of the Jewish ecclesiastical year according to our calendar is April after the Babylonian captivity this month was called Nisan I said, well, how do I know that? So, do a little rat chasing with me, if you will. Go to Esther. Now, where is Esther? Anybody got any idea where Esther is? It's right past Nehemiah. Can you find Nehemiah? Nehemiah. Yeah, I left. <laughs> left of the sobs Nehemiah okay now you'll have to remember back when we were studying Daniel and we talked about uh, Cyrus and these people who had defeated uh, uh, the Israelites and uh, and this is part of that time anyway you remember Haman the bad boy that that wanted to kill Mordecai but anyway um, in chapter 3 of Esther in the first month okay would we say that Nisan was the first first month of the Jewish year and that started yesterday Uh, the first month which is the month of Nisan so we have here which is proof of what I found on Google that after the Babylonian captivity it was called Nisan we have one more reference of Nisan and it's in Nehemiah so if you back up a, a book and and go to Nehemiah Chapter 2, verse 1. This is when Nehemiah went to see the king. And it, verse 2, chapter 2, verse 1. And it came about in the month of Nisan. It was the 12th year of King Artaxerxes. So, what has happened in the Pentateuch, in the first five books of the Bible, Uh, the first month of their Jewish year was called Abib and why they changed it after the captivity I don't know but from that point to now to today it's called Nisan so like a lot of things you know um, Sinai has two names Um, Jethro was known by um, another name so This is one of those cases. All right, let's, we'll just keep going. On verse four, on the month of Abib, you shall go forth and it shall be when the Lord brings you to the land of Canaan, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Hivite, the Jebusite, which he swore to your fathers to give you a land flowing with milk and honey. You shall observe uh, this rite in this month. And if you remember back to Joshua chapter five, Joshua was faithful, and he did. He when he when they got into Gilgal, which was their base camp. It was always the base camp when they were uh, uh, conquering the land. They always came back to Gilgal. But when they were at Gilgal, he he did he did the um, the pass over there. And in the same chapter, he also circumcised all the people that had not been circumcised uh, uh, through the 40 years of wandering. Okay. And then he goes back to verse 6. For seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the seventh day it shall be a feast unto the Lord. Unleavened bread shall be eaten throughout the seven days. Nothing leavened shall be seen among you. All the leaven will be seen among you in all your borders. You shall tell your sons on that day, saying, It's because of what the Lord did for me when we came out of Egypt. It shall serve as a sign to you on your hand and a reminder on your forehead, The law of the Lord shall be in your mouth. For what a powerful hand the Lord brought out of Egypt. Okay, therefore you shall keep this ordinance in its appointed time for year after year. Leaven is considered to be without yeast or unleavened bread. Leaven is considered kind of like Yeast does, a little bit of it af- will affect the whole bowl of the bread. Sins that way. He took a lamb and he says, I want you to sacrifice this lamb at twilight. And you eat it and you eat all of it. We talked about what the Jews are doing today, which is what they're doing today. In John 1, right before uh, John the Baptizer was preaching out there in the wilderness there, and he looks up and he makes a big announcement. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This Lamb we have at, at Passover, is looking forward to the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We went through this in Hebrews. It's not the blood of boodles and goats, and we'll, we'll get into all of the sacrifices as we go on a little bit later. But Hebrews tells us it's not that, but it's Christ once and for all, what he did. He shed his own blood that we might live forever there's a lot of types, but probably this is one of the glorious types that we have of the type of Christ. You know, in Revelation we have, you know, who is worthy to unloose it. And he says the lamb, you know, is worthy. Um, And so, but we'll stop there. We got through with chapter 12 anyway, and uh, we'll pick up in verse 11. Of chapter 13, um, Art and I've told you many times it's it's easy to to take a theme and and preach it. It's a little bit more difficult when you take it verse by verse. And and like I've told you, I had a little problem with this because it's snippets of information and that was absolutely we need to have and we need it. But it, it, you had to stop and start <laughs> so, so many times. Okay, any questions? Any comments? Yes. Last week, we talked about how this whole meal was to eat all these people in one house, or if they took it to their different homes. In verse 46 there of chapter 12, it says it must be eaten inside one house. Yeah. And invite your neighbor over if you if you uh, if you need to. And uh, I think uh, our Jewish friends do that today. You know. Anything else? Thank you, Julie. Glad to have you today. Good looking group. Good looking group. Uh, Some of y'all got pink on. Uh, Yolanda, you can sing in the choir today. Okay let's go to the Lord Father we thank you for who you are and we thank you for the scripture and it blows us away what you've given us the details and and, and all Father thank you we love you and we appreciate you giving us a book that we can hold in our hands and these many, many years later, we can read it, try to understand it. But Lord, we believe it was from you. And you gave it to us for our, our edification and our knowledge and our learning. So, Father, we thank you for that. Father, may we never, ever forget that Jesus is a sacrificial lamb for us. And it's our faith in his finished work on Calvary's cross that allows us to know him and one day be with him. So bless us, Lord, as we go from this place. Be with every word spoken, every song sung, every prayer prayed. And, Father, we'll give you the praise and glory for it all. For it's in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.